Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds. Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. <laughs> Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! <laughs> Together, they form The Mothership. Their mission? To harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms. To dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership, saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thanks so much for joining us, and happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday! Happy Friday! Let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games. And what's getting me through this week, I'm using air quotes, is I finally finished the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. Woo! How many weeks? How many weeks have you like two, three weeks? It feels like it took like six weeks. Well, no, I was off and on and I got distracted by other stuff. But then finally I said, I'm got, I've got to finish this movie because it's driving me crazy. And so I finally finished it. And I mean, like, I don't I don't know. It was fine. No, I don't even know if it was fine. It was just at times it felt fine. At times it felt like there was promise there. Um, and then there were times where I was just like, what are you guys even doing? Um, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't watched it yet, but here's the spoiler alert for this Justice League part. Um, they have Darkseid in there and he's in there for maybe like 10 minutes. They have a line from Cyborg that is literally out of Endgame and in kind of weird similar-ish circumstances. Um, just the slow-mo, too much slow-mo. Like fla- doing flash, doing slow-mo with Flash makes sense. He's going super fast. You want to slow it down so you can see what he's doing as he's going at super speed. Makes perfect sense. Everybody else has slow-mo too. And it was just, after a while, it's like, we get it. Can we just have a fight happening without like slowing it down all the time? I just, you know, the thing that bums me out the most is it's, it, I was disappointed because they have, you know, three of the most popular combo characters ever. They have their own version of Thanos. There was definitely something there they could have pulled together to make really good and it just was a letdown it was a bummer but (laughs) i hope it was worth it four hours of what we got well i think the fact that it took you this long to finish it that's all you need to know like you can't you it's a four-hour thing you weren't invested enough or interested enough to finish watching it well exactly yeah and it's just you know now i've finally done it so now i feel better what are you gonna do that's good good for you I'm I'm Brian Truitt. Uh, I watch movies. And what's getting me through this week, um, I'm surprised Brett wasn't playing basketball again because I'm back on my football tilt, Madden 21. That's what's getting me through this week. Next week is the NFL draft. Um, So now there's a whole bunch of NFL draft content. And um, 
I need some more players on my team, some good players. And now we get like rookie picks and stuff. So I'm back on my on my Madden groove and you know, all good. I will say I have been playing the basketball game. I just didn't want to torture our listeners with another week of me talking about it because I've. I mean, been, it's well, my new Overwatch. I've been yapping about it nonstop. So, well, and that's, and that's the other thing. I like I watch so much stuff that I can't talk about because of embargoes and stuff. I'm like, I can't really say anything. Well, so I'm playing football. <laughs> Playing more football. Whenever anyone asks me, oh, what TV shows are good? I'm like, I don't know, because the TV shows I'm watching now are coming out in two months, and I can't say anything about them, and they're not even done with all their effects and stuff. Anyways, I'm Kelly Lawler. I watch television, um, and what's getting me through this week? Television you're not allowed to see. Television you can't see yet. (laughs) Kelly's eyes only. One of my sister's favorite book series has been adapted into a Netflix show that's out this Friday. That's, I would say, pretty good, but not quite as wonderful as one would hope. And she's been asking me about it for months, but the embargo broke, so I can't um, hide behind that anymore. Um, Oh, well. But uh, what's getting me through this week actually is uh, this lovely uh, trio of graphic novels um, by Alice Osman, um, or maybe Osman, uh, called Heart- Heartstopper, um, which are they're just little YA romances about um, two teen boys who fall in love at British prep school. Um, and it's very sweet. Um, they're very quick reads. It's got really lovely black and white art. Um, and it's there's not quite that much conflict in it, really. It's just about happiness and them falling in love and one of them sort of realizes he's bisexual and he comes out and you know that's where a lot of like sort of the conflict comes from but mostly they just write each other adorable texts and hold hands and kiss and go to the seaside with a dog and it's just it's just really nice well i'm I'm glad you had a better week than me yeah (laughs) that's a low bar man. well you know uh if this is your first time listening welcome new episodes of the mothership drop every friday and you can subscribe for free on apple podcasts or wherever you like to listen While you're on Apple Podcasts, it would be lovely if you could write a quick review about the show because you help other fans who love nerdy pop culture find us. And as a bonus, you get a shout out on the next episode. So try it out. Tell us what you want to see from the show moving forward. It is all upside for you. Don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod, or you can send an email to MothershipPod at USAToday.com. Now on to the main topic. Here's a clip. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions that dragon marking I think it's an invitation to fight for something known as Mortal Kombat that was from Mortal Kombat the new adaptation of the wildly popular fighting game now in theaters and streaming on HBO Max it stars a host of characters, including this week's guest, Chin Han, who you've probably seen in a lot of other movies, including The Winter Soldier, Dark Knight 2012, Contagion. He's been in a lot of fun stuff, and he's here this week to join us. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's really great having you. Oh, thank you for having me. I mean, I'm happy to be here. So this is a question we like to start with with all our guests. Um, how have you been doing during the pandemic? Uh, I've been well. I mean, I was in Asia for the most part. Uh, we even managed to get some uh, pickups for uh, Mortal Kombat done during the time of pandemic in Sydney. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't uh, bound uh, like like a lot of people to to any kind of location. 
I actually traveled quite a bit. I mean, I was back in Singapore uh, to visit family and then was in Sydney to, uh, to do some more filming. And then now I'm back in LA. So it's, uh, it's been interesting and a little tricky as well, because you know how the protocols are also different now, not only, you know, not only at airports, but also, you know, on sets as well. And sets are, so it's different places now, you know, I mean, we get tested two to three times a week. Um, the locations are kind of partitioned and uh, laid out in concentric circles with ground zero being where the actors are. And then, you know, it kind of spreads out that way with different uh, degrees of compliance for people working in different you know, in different levels of the production. So it's all very structured and it's all very thought out, but it's, it's like a different uh, universe right now. So in Mortal Kombat, you play the villain of sorceress Shang Tsung, the emperor of Outworld. Did you revisit him from the video games, you know, to kind of to play him? Or did you pull from somewhere else, you know, for bad guy inspiration? Well, you know, I mean, the video games, there, there's enough in the video games to pull from and the movies and the web series and, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, but they, they're also different, right? I mean, you have obviously the very iconic performance by Kerry Tagawa in the 95 movie. You have the first arcade game. They come also, you know, in different forms and at different ages, too right so you know the it's interesting to kind of do the deep dive into the the canon of Mortal Kombat because it's also very complicated because of the timelines and you know the retcons and and the various versions of the games so I think basically what Simon McCoy Greg Rousseau myself when we were looking at creating Shang Tsung again it was more to capture the essence you know, of the character and then how he would fit into this world that they have created as well, you know, with the new Liu Kang, with the new Sub-Zero, with the new Scorpion. So I think uh, that was, you know, that was our starting point. Um, so uh, Shang Tsung gets to share a screen time with a lot of the main characters, both good and bad. Who for you was the coolest character to be with? Oh, um <laughs> I, you know, because our trailers are right next to each other. Uh, so Sub-Zero was a lot of fun to hang out with. And he, you know, he is a big gamer. He likes to play. So he would just sit on, you know, we have this patio area outside our trailers and he would just sit outside with his computer and he would be doing that. And uh, it was very friendly. You know, I mean, we would just pop into each other's, you know, uh space and and check in on each other and we also have a lot of scenes together so you know i mean i think uh by default i would say uh joe taslam so we've seen that mortal Kombat has been number one for two weeks in your home country of singapore yeah. how neat is it for you that after this last year where so many theaters throughout the world were closed that this is the movie that's bringing people back um uh, i you know i mean it's very heartening you know i mean it's not just bringing people back you know we're getting a lot of uh you know pictures and photos and emails and DMs about how people are bringing their dads, 
and bring their sons and bring their moms and bring their sisters and bring their kids. It's such a, <laughs> it's become, you know, like a family event, you know, uh, and it's, it's kind of ironic that a movie with so much gore and action and violence, like Mortal Kombat is actually bringing families together, you know, to, to, to view the, the movie. Yeah, there's going to be some parents that get upset when they see, like, Shang Tsung's, you know, I'm not going to say it, but somebody gets put through, like, you know, one of those um, saws. So, yeah, that's not cool. Um, did you play Mortal Kombat back in the day, or is this world and the personalities fairly new new to you? I did play uh, Mortal Kombat in the, back in the day. I mean, with the arcade games, uh, with the arcade game. And um, that Shang Tsung was the old Shang Tsung, right? I mean, the, the earlier versions of him. And uh, he's the final boss in, in those games as well. But those games were interesting because, you know, in the age of no internet, you know, it's very hard to figure out what the special moves are and what the special combinations are. You're just basically trial and error through the whole thing, right? I mean, you're just what they call, I think, spamming. Is that, is that what yeah. it's called? Uh, and you're pushing buttons and then suddenly you get a special move and you get so excited about it, but you had no idea <laughs> how you got that move because it was it A, B, C, C, D, back, forward, you know, and, and you, you have no clue about that. So it was really interesting at that point. Not to mention, I think this thing from a sociological point of view is very interesting when you're playing a competitor who's standing right next to you. You know, I think in the, in the age of the internet, it's so easy, right? I mean, we're just so far from everybody. We, we feel very, uh, you know, we feel very free to, to kind of beat up somebody or they're really going to destroy someone. When, you know, when you're standing right next to them and you're playing, <laughs> it gets a little trickier because, you know, this is some, some guy who wants to make his quarter last for as long as possible, as much as you want it to last you know, for as long as possible. So you you can, I remember pissing off some people and me being pissed off as well. And you have to navigate all of that too, you know. Um, so before Mortal Kombat, you've been in a lot of blockbusters like The Dark Knight and 2012 and Captain America, The Winter Soldier. So do you, is that something that you look out for, like big movies where you can do something significant with the supporting role? Well, no, I mean, it's not, a, it's not as curated as one might think. It's It's interesting because I was just looking at my, uh, filmography with my longtime manager and it's you know it's the dark knight it's captain america it's you know independence day resurgence there's uh ghost in the shell which is anime and manga and so it's it's not just the comics from the western world it's comics from the from the east as well and and now we have uh and, you know now we're making the foray into uh video games I have to, you know, I hate to disappoint, but it isn't designed. I mean, I, I haven't set out to just do those movies. You know, I would love to do The English Patient, for example, you know, maybe an Asian version of it or uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, you know. I mean, that kind of films I, I'd love to do, but somehow these movies just find me. So being that it's Oscar weekend, you shared the screen with Heath Ledger for his Academy Award winning performance in The Dark Knight. What do you remember most about working with him? Uh, Heath was uh, the consummate artist, but, you know, I think he was also 
so generous of spirit. You know, I think for sometimes when one thinks of an artist, you think of someone who's tormented and, you know, kind of very self-absorbed or, you know, think, thinking about the craft uh, 24-7 or, or not being able to shake the character or shake whatever uh, art piece or song or painting that they were doing. But uh, Heath was uh, the opposite of that. I mean, he created a character that was, you know, so compelling in so many ways. But at the same time, once the makeup goes off, you know, or before the makeup goes on, you know, you catch him at, uh, you know, at these points and he is, you know, he is so open to talking and to engaging. So this is a story, right? I mean, my first day on set was uh, the scene in which I'm in, in, in jail, basically. And he comes to get me. And uh, so we, we shot that in London and I have to tell you, I mean, they brought me on set. There was a lot of business going on around me. Out of the blue, someone just pops up in front of me and extends his hand. And, and it was Heath Ledger, you know? I mean, he was, he was the first person to welcome me on set that day. So, you know, that's the kind of person that he was. Was he in full makeup when he popped up and said hi? <laughs> yes, he was. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's fantastic. A little jack-in-the-box right there. <laughs> uh, you also were in Contagion, which a lot of people have revisited since the pandemic started. When you were making that a decade ago, did it seem like something that could actually happen to all of us? You know, I did it as a postscript to... Uh, something that I experienced myself, right? I mean, I experienced SARS in Asia. And I think in the West, you, you, you know, you guys didn't get a sense of how terrifying that was as well. But in Asia, like in Taiwan and Singapore and Hong Kong, you know, it, it was a very real thing. Our streets were completely deserted. Cinemas were empty. Cabs were, you know, completely not, uh, being booked, uh, the, you know, the, the city was was really, you know, a ghost town, and it was like that for for a few months. Um, little did I know, obviously, that <laughs> shortly after, twenty years later, I'm going to be experiencing the, a, the almost the same thing, but on a much more massive scale. So when I did Contagion, it was actually kind of for me a, a cathartic thing. You know, I just wanted to. I just wanted to exercise the, the the demons of that particular experience. I wanted to, you know, kind of um, do it for those reasons. But little did I know that it was, you know, it was going to be more prescient than I thought it was going to be, or you know, of, or foretelling or foreshadowing of what is about to happen. Um, so back to Mortal Kombat, there are a lot of really great young actors and fresh faces that are you're working with. Um, was there anyone who impressed you the most out of the young cast? Uh, all of them, you know, I mean, I think all of them, you know, were so uh, diligent. You know, I think everyone came, you know, with their homework uh, done and with so many ideas you have someone like Ludi, you know, who who contributed to some of the very spiritual aspects of Liu Kang. You have Max Wong, who comes with all his martial arts training with the Jackie Chan stunt team. And he was, you know, working with the choreography as well. You know, and I saw him kind of find that incredible introduction 
to the character in the movie if you have seen it i mean it's, it's quite spectacular where he just kind of leaps into the air and does a couple of uh, flips and and lands you know um and and he was also practicing with the hat and all that stuff so you see all of that and you see lewis and you see jessica you know training and Sissy was there, you know, for months, you know, working on her size, the two, you know, blades uh, before she even shot a single frame of film, you know. So I, I think everybody came wanting to make the same movie, you know, uh, even if we, we did come with different uh, levels of knowledge of the game, you know, we eventually all got on the same page and I think we were all making the same film. It does seem like, you know, there's Mortal Kombat, there's Shang-Chi, which is coming in a few months, and there's another season of Warrior, which is very much, you know, it's a it's a period piece, but it's very much, you know, a lots of martial arts, a lot of kind of, you know, Eastern philosophy and things like that. Is that, I mean, it, are we kind of in a golden age for that? You know, do, do, do is there like a, a hunger for that again? I mean, and there's a Kung Fu show on, on CW as well. It's so hard to spot trends until they happen right i mean i think hindsight is 2020 and maybe a few years down the road we'll be able to look back and say this is the golden age or this was the start of something special but i mean there definitely is a a kind of uh uh interest in that kind of uh martial arts i think because there has been so much uh use of visual effects and cgi over the last decade you know i i think we Either there is we're inundated by by these images and i think uh going back to martial arts i think there there is a visceral quality about it you know there's something kind of balletic about it there's something kind of real about it so i mean the the, the hits are real the you know the the kind of moves are conceivable right i mean i think i think that's what the appeal of it is and i think when we're living in a time like this you know where reality is is somewhat uh, uh challenging uh then i think you know to to be able to see characters deal with it in in more realistic ways i think is something that i mean i think the audience responds to or is responding to so what do you have going on next for your career have you gone back to work at all during the pandemic um no i mean the the travel restrictions is a is a big deal right i mean i think um the traveling from singapore to the to los angeles is not not that uh big a deal for me because you know i mean i, I do have a green card i'm a citizen of singapore traveling to australia for mortal kombat was you know was under very very special um very special uh, arrangements because we had already started shooting the film and we needed to shoot some more. And so the, the government had arranged uh, for us to make special provisions for us to, to do that. Uh, outside of that, I think any kind of travel, you know, it's, is going to be uh, tricky. And so in that time, I think uh, uh, I, I pretty much took that time to, uh, explore something that I think I want to do next, which is uh, directing. And so I've been looking for scripts. I've been reading a lot. And I think that's just a natural you know, evolution of, of the creative process. Was there something that you did or uh, somebody you work with that most inspired this kind of wanting to direct yourself? Uh, I like, uh, I loved working with uh, uh, Steven Soderbergh, right? I mean, I think there there's something about him that, 
uh, even with his budgets and, and Contagion is not a small budget film. I mean, it's, it's substantial. And, you know, he, we shot it in different country uh, in Hong Kong. And uh, I think it's, there was a part that was shot in Europe and I think, and then the rest in, in America. Uh, it's not a small movie uh, ostensibly, but he runs the set like a, like an independent movie, like you would an independent movie. And on top of the fact that he's also, uh, you know, he's also the director of photography on his movies and he's very involved in, you know, the editing of it too, even though he has a, a long time, incredible uh, editor, Stephen uh, Mirioni. Uh, so he's, he's very inspiring that way because, you know, I mean, I, I love how he's, he gets his hands dirty and, you know, he's, he's right there, you know, he's, setting up the shot you know he's lighting the thing he's figuring out how the props work and you know he's he's very you know he he's really in into the whole process of it so i i think steven would be the uh, one person who would be uh someone who i think is inspiring me that way because you enjoy traveling so much once things kind of do get back to normal where's the where's the first place you're going to for fun you know, I wanted to do this. I turned 51 last year. I had great plans for my 50th birthday, and I wanted to go to uh, um, the Amalfi Coast. You know the movie? Did you see Tenet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tenet was shot in the Amalfi Coast. You can see how beautiful that is, right? And uh, I had plans to do the Amalfi Coast and just kind of go down and Positano, I think the Sorrento and all those places. And I think, uh, I think I'm overdue for my, uh, my birthday. So I, I haven't really had a celebration, you know, entering this new decade of my life yet. So I think that that might be nice. <laughs> you deserve it at this point. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was great having you. And best of luck with Mortal Kombat. And best okay. of luck on your 50th birthday celebration. I hope you get there soon. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. It was a lot of fun talking to you guys. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, listeners, it's your turn. Are you watching Mortal Kombat this weekend? Who's your favorite fighter? Let's talk about it on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod. Or you can tweet at us individually. I'm at Brett Molina 23. I'm at Brian Truitt. And I'm at KLs, K-L-A-W-L-S. And don't forget, you can email us too. We're at MothershipPod at USAToday.com. That'll do it this week. Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilot slash producer of The Mothership this week, Adam Fish. If you like the podcast and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe to The Mothership for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, how about leave us a rating or a review? It helps other people find the show and we get some great feedback. But if Apple Podcasts isn't your thing, you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Until next week, nerds out. Flawless victory. Get over here.